pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Um, Okay, full disclosure. I've recorded this intro several several times. And um, this one was, this was the one where I was like, I'm just going to let it go. This is going to be the one that goes. And then, uh, and then that bong from my computer uh, just showed up. And you know what? I'm just going to keep on going. Uh, I'm recording this on a microphone that I don't normally use, which is why it sounds this way. Um, This is not the new normal. Um, I am, however, recording this from Dublin, Ireland. Uh, Sorry, I said it that way. Look, I'm just going to keep on going. Um, It's 4.30am, which is why I'm a little jet lagged and delirious. If you want to hear more of a personal update, uh, keep listening until after the conversation uh, slash interview, and I will tell you all about what's going on in my life. But first, I want to share with you this really fun conversation I had with comedian Ed Gamble. You know Ed from Conan, from uh, the wonderful show Almost Royal BBC America, which is where I was first introduced to him, and he's also been on Drunk History UK and Mock the Week, etc. Etc. He's so funny, lovely, princely, stately. Uh, he, I met him this summer in Edinburgh because he was performing his show Stampede right after mine, and we recorded the show right after I saw his his show, and I uh, I was so happy to sit down and talk to him. We chatted in a oh god. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop and re- I keep on stopping and re-recording because the when I get really tired, the pace of my voice really really irritates me. But um, so sorry, I'm sorry, and I can't. I'm sorry about the butts, and I'm sorry about the hums. I'm so sorry. Oh, I I swear I'm gonna pull it together. I will pull it together. Anyway. Ed's show was fantastic. We sat down in a pub and this conversation was, uh, because it's in a pub, sometimes it gets a little like shouty over each other, but, uh, we had a really, really fun talk and, um, Ed is great. So please enjoy this conversation with Mr. Ed Gamble. Where I make myself too loud, and then, and then it's a nightmare. Yeah. Then I'm like the annoying person on the podcast, where I'm like, just stop talking. Ugh. I feel like a lot of podcast hosts get get that where people are like, oh, you, you love the sound of your own voice, don't you? It's like, yeah. No, I have to talk. It's my podcast. <laughs> it's part of it. It's hard. It's also hard to tell. Like most of the podcasts that I've recorded, where I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. It's the worst, <laughs> and, and then it works. It works the other way as well. Yeah. 
Well, I hope you think this is terrible straight afterwards then. <laughs> That'll be great. Oh, that's very spicy. I, I just picked a random beer. A spi- And it's spicy? Yeah, it has, it's infused with jalapenos. Oh my God. Do you want to try it? Yeah, I do actually. Right. That kind of sounds I like good. It. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like they've just poured like pickling juice into it. Yeah. That's really yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. I'm into that. I, I ordered it because I was behind these these two guys in the queue and they were trying every single beer and then they got yeah. to this one and they're like, Ugh, no, no one could take that and I was like, I'll have that one just because I was mad about how long they were taking, which is not how you should order beer. No, definitely but, not. You shouldn't order anything to prove a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spitefully ordered the beer. Um, so I just saw your show today and it was so good. Oh, thank you very much for coming. I it enjoyed it. It was fun today. Yeah. It is. Uh, it was. I felt like quite an intense one because. Really? Everyone was on board from the beginning, which is not normally the case. Normally, I really? had to work quite hard for the first five minutes because everyone was really excited. Yeah. I then had to bring my game up to the audience's level, whereas normally I'm waiting for them to join me. <laughs> and also, there was a father and son on the front row who come and see me every year. Really? And their thing is uh, that they try and start an applause break for every joke. Fun. Which is too supportive. <laughs> yeah. So I had to sort of occasionally speak over them trying to start an applause break because that annoys right, other right. members of the audience. If someone else is too into it, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you find that, if there's someone who's too into it, everyone else sort of goes, no, I'm not. I'm not joining you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had that happen a few days ago where someone was just laughing. It was like someone I knew. Yeah. And they're, yeah. They're trying yeah. to be supportive. But then I just start like speeding through things. Yeah. So is this them? Is this them? No. Okay. No, I'm. He's a little too young. I saw this family walking by behind you oh right like, oh. okay no they've gone they probably see about 20 shows a day they're like they come here they burn through loads of shows and like they're, that's interesting yeah. this is your this is your 11th fringe is that yeah it's my third hour-long solo show but i've done i did three years of uh, a university sketch comedy group and then three years of doing like mixed bill things and i did a double act for three years as well so i, I saw that did you yeah yeah it's, i mean i didn't see the double yeah, act. yeah yeah the, but you, yeah. you saw a clip of it or whatever yeah yeah oh i didn't even see a clip of it I just, <laughs> you just saw that i did a double act yes. right okay i read saw, a sentence that said you that saw, you were in a double act I just so just so you don't start referencing like your dynamic yeah, yeah. with your partner well of course yeah you know you know the sketch from 2012 when we yeah yeah well because when i when i when i saw my um when i got my that room confirmed yeah which was towards like the end yeah and, and like i took it because there was nothing left right okay and it, you know it's that big room it's the, it's a huge it's a huge room yeah yeah and my show is mostly storytelling yeah so that's kind of hard with that many people but anyway i was like oh who's who's around me and yeah. this and, and i saw that you were playing after but no that's not true i saw that you were in a double act a few days ago and i like looked you that's when you read that read the sentence read the sentence that you're in a double act uh is that is that too hard to talk about the double act days no not at all no no no. that was some of my favorite my favorite years doing the fringe are in the double act very british thing what a double act i think so it's more of a british thing than an american thing it's nice yeah and i think we were quite British in tradition because I think when people think double act these days they think of probably just sketch but right. we were a like a proper front facing 
presentational yeah, yeah. double act. Hey, what you doing over there, Ed? I yeah. don't know. But that's <laughs> interesting because that is an American thing. That's a more vaudeville type thing. And then, yeah, yeah. and then it came up in Britain as well. But there's very few people doing that. Who did you do the double act with? Uh, a guy called Ray Peacock, um, who is also an excellent stand-up. And sounds like an imaginary friend. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, you, if you watch videos of it, it's just me just talking to no one. Uh, hey, Ray. <laughs> but everyone lauded you as like an Andy Kaufman type yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Oh, you should yeah. see his double act. I won so, so many awards. So progressive. Um, no, we did that for three years, which was a lot of fun. But I think working yeah. intensely with someone for that amount of time. I think eventually he goes it's time to you know do something by ourselves for a bit sure yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's great he's got we, and we started doing a podcast actually before we did the oh, double nice. act what's yeah. your podcast uh it was the peacock and gamble podcast very, very sim- good. simply named yeah. yeah yeah which was a lot of fun to do as well you yeah. think i would have seen that sentence wherever i saw the sentence that you had a double act that's actually the sentence after the double act sentence oh yeah i just stopped that. yeah no you stopped <laughs> like, it you stopped at one sentence plenty of research <laughs> <laughs> i am done uh what was what was the moment when you like decided to do a solo act or were you always intending on doing a solo act i was always intending on doing it because that's I always I started doing stand up and we were both doing stand up at the same time but it's quite a lot of time investment and financial investment to do two shows in Edinburgh so we thought we'd yeah. concentrate on the double act and then but that's sort of if you start doing stand up in the UK that that is the projected timeline for you you start doing it for a bit get all right at oh, yeah. it do an hour in Edinburgh do another hour in Edinburgh and then just keep going until until death until <laughs> I thought you were going to say until you get a show. No, 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 just no, until you no die. that is not. That's not inevitable in England or uh, Scotland. What what keeps you coming back to Edinburgh? Well, that's a really good question. Someone asked me this recently, and I I don't well, I don't know. Why? I don't I don't saying. know why I don't know why I, I keep it. doing I it. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot yeah. of fun. What brings you back? I think I like having a deadline to work towards. I like having something mm-hmm. to work towards during the year. Yeah. Because I just, you know, I gig all the time. I'm gigging like six times a week or whatever. No need to brag. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're not all well paid. Um, I do it because I feel like I have to. Uh, and it's nice to have an aim in, in mind and like, okay, I'm building a new hour. Mm-hmm. I present it at the Edinburgh Fringe. I might take it on tour afterwards and then ditch it all and ditch it all and start again. Yeah. But then if I start thinking too far into the future, it's like, what's the end goal? And it's, it's death, Erin. It's, <laughs> it's death again. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I'm, I just reached my wall today. That's pretty Literally. good going. I think so. That's pretty good going. Because what, are you doing the last Monday or are you finishing on yeah. Sunday? So, we, so we've day, got like yeah. seven shows left now, right? Yes. That's good that you've hit the wall now. <laughs> That's good. a really good point to hit the wall. Because yeah. I think this year I hit the wall two shows in. <laughs> you did like, there is a big difference between you like coming in on the first day versus the, the Oh, definitely. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked very fancy when you came in the first day. Very fancy. You did. I dressed like up for little, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your jacket and your jewelry I and everything. I did. I thought I was going to wear my little jacket and my little sleeveless denim for, yeah. for the listeners. That's that's what I was wearing. <laughs> thought I'm going to make fun of myself for wearing this, but also I quite like to wear it because it's a bit metal or whatever. Oh, and sure. uh, then they weren't a great audience and then I felt that the <laughs> denim was tainted. <laughs> so I didn't really wear it again. It did It did seem like your outfit reflected how you were feeling. Yeah. I saw you like day two, like you had yeah. stripped yourself of some of your jewelry. And yeah. Just like, <laughs> Bag over my head, just, yeah. <laughs> and it, like UK audiences are, I don't know what it is, but like they are, there's, there's so much 
more tough, but they they also will put up with a lot more emotional garbage and like confessional stuff. Yeah, I think that's I fringe. I think that's fringe it. audiences. You know, right, okay. I think there's a certain expectation now, which I don't think is necessarily I mean, I have good. Zero future in the UK. Show <laughs> 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 is so emotional, but yeah, it's just like fringe appropriate. Yeah, well, no, the. No, I think, but like, if I, I'm going around doing 20 minute sets most of the time, that's what I'm doing. So you can't fit any emotional stuff into that because you just need to bang, 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 get right, to the point. Yeah. I told um, that period story for an audience of 30 men. Yeah. Uh, kind of recently. <laughs> Did not go well. No, no, no it probably. But they're all trying to pretend that they were okay with that it. That they were okay with it. Like, yeah, yeah now I'm a modern, modern man. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm just, yeah. just going to keep on going for the one woman <laughs> that's in the audience. Just the men uh, that had gone completely pale going, yeah, I understand. It's fine. I'm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm up no, to date with fine, all. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. The, um, I think fringe audiences there's a certain expectation in an hour show that there might be an emotional hook, or yeah. which I never do. <laughs> so I think sometimes critically I get well, it's you know it's a good hour of stand up, but you know yeah, where's yeah. the where's the show? You know, right. think, well, that's not what that's I do. Really, yeah, that's not what I'm gonna. Well, even like the cauliflower thing, you have a through line of cauliflower through your show yeah I like I like the like meta commentary on yeah. what the show is supposed to be I, I feel like the audience yeah I think there's, it's nice well. to have a structure it's only nice to have a through line just from yeah. an audience perspective as well um, I mean it's worse to have like a fake emotional yeah through line. definitely and there's there's people like who mine. do that I'm not actually divorced <laughs> <laughs> all of those relationships are made up <laughs> my mom's alive <laughs> she's coming tomorrow she has no idea the next day she's dead <laughs> uh, yeah it is it, it's a funny thing like that that through line yeah. thing yeah because yeah. there was a few years ago it must be about maybe eight or nine years ago now it became a bit of a trope in Edinburgh for male comedians to do a show about their dad Dad's who'd passed dying. away yeah, yeah so yeah. They, and they're called dead dead dad shows now there's yeah, like that yeah, offhand yeah. people go oh, he's doing a dead dad show this year <laughs> um, which is ridiculous that people can be sort yes. of penalized for it's, like, it's everyone's own experience, isn't it? Yeah. You should be allowed to talk about it without critics going, oh, not another dead dad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and also, like, people remember more how funny someone is and their presence more so than, like, the actual yeah. subject matter. Like, yeah. you should go to this show because they talk about airports, and I love airports. <laughs> That's what you need. Yeah, they've got the best airport material. I think I think there's a lot of... Actually, a lot of Americans bring proper one-person shows here that do very well at the Fringe because that's okay. what that's what I think Fringe people want and that critics want. Like your yeah. show this year, obviously, I went to see Chris Gethard the other night. Oh yeah, who's Chris also great, got yeah. a proper like one-man show. Yeah, yeah. And he's so sort of calm and confident. Totally. With well, it. Chris and I both had the benefit of having friends tell us, and I know Chris like we compared notes. Had friends who are stand-ups tell us about Fringe do yeah. you know Kyle Kinane yeah I do yeah so like Kyle like right before I came out I feel like I may have told you this maybe you didn't no I'm not sure no I don't think so in passing for the list, for the listener, for the listener. Uh, Kyle told me like uh, like a, two weeks before I went I went on a US tour of this podcast that yeah. we were recording um, and I, I didn't have my show written and he was just like oh the fringe the worst like they make you uh, they're like like uh, you just need like a through line and like because he came with no yeah. theme or anything yeah. and it was like the same thing every day like you can't you're gonna hate it and then the next day he sent me an email saying like I was drunk I'm sure he'll be fine he did hate it though he did he really oh, hated he it really yeah he really did hate it yeah, yeah. did you yeah well I saw him 
met a few oh, it's probably about a year ago now in LA than he was saying he told me my poster was the only poster that didn't make him want to just go mad <laughs> Like, I think he had a, uh, he had a, yeah. a rough a rough time, but yeah. Um, yeah, I can I can see why if you're expecting to go and do like just an hour of your gear and just do stuff, then yeah, and yeah. then people are like, where's where's the through line? <laughs> and if you're a proper like road guy like yeah. him, I can imagine it'd probably get. I think it's a, yeah, an extra weird for him because he's such a raconteur that I, I'm sure people are like, you should do the fringe because yeah. people will appreciate your storytelling. Yeah. But then they're like, mm, where's the theme? I yeah. don't know what the theme is. <laughs> the theme is him, though, right? I see it every time. Yeah, yeah it's like he's the yeah, theme he's is such me. That's a nice fringe. That's a, that's a good get out clause. The theme is that I am telling all of yeah. these stories. I I am the I am the common denominator. I don't know why I've never things. thought of that because you do all these really inane Q and A's before yeah. the fringe, and it's always what's your show about this year and my show's never about anything so now I'm going to say the theme is me <laughs> you should it's literally me the whole way through <laughs> your poster is very good oh thanks cheers yeah, yeah. I, nice. massive as well I get one massive poster on Pleasance Hill and no other posters so I always get people going your face is huge this year I'm going yeah I know yeah thanks I know yeah I got one of those big posters and even though I paid for it when I saw it I was like ooh la la <laughs> look at me <laughs> as if someone had just seen it and gone we should make that a big poster yeah whereas yeah. what you've done this is gone here's all my money yeah. <laughs> yeah also like no one's called me out on this which I think is absurd but my I mean I wrote my show the day before I started doing it. Are you serious? Yeah. That's incredible. (laughs) And reckless. Because, uh, yeah, because our our whole year is building the Edinburgh show. So that's literally what we work towards. But that's Now you know why my show wasn't funnier. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's old school fringe. That's what people used to do. There's a a myth, I think it's a myth, uh, that Phil Nickel, who's a Canadian comic uh, who does the fringe every year, I think it's his 20th year this year, doing solo shows. He wrote a show on the train on the way to Edinburgh that won the main comedy award. Really? Oh, okay. So the myth is that he wrote it on the train. <laughs> and he's so good, he probably could do that, but... Gotcha. I need all year. <laughs> yeah, I, le- I mean, it's just... Everything is set up so differently over here as far as, like, yeah, the fringe and yeah. performance and stand-up and everything. Yeah, so when I when I was doing my show, I, I, must, I did speech and debate in high school and in okay. college, and that's mostly where I was like... I am doing a speech competition. <laughs> I'm like, how do I put this together? Um, but I knew my show was going to be about my divorce and yeah. love and everything. But yeah, I didn't have it all put together. But I did think I was going to do this whole bit about having a wedding dress covered in candy, which is why all my posters are me <laughs> wedding dress covered in candy. Uh, it never, it does not come up at all. <laughs> it's not a thing. But it's a striking poster, so that's fine. That's it all is, you, it's a fine poster. No one's it coming along. It doesn't say comedy on it at all, yeah. or storytelling. It's just like, this. I mean, it could be a play about Marie Antoinette. Like, it doesn't look yeah. like All it promises is that you are going to be there. And yeah. I guess no one has come out going, where's the, wed- where's the wedding dress? <laughs> not yet. Only came for that wedding dress covered Not in candy yet. the only criticism I got for the poster is that my name should be bigger but I think when I was ordering the posters I was like I don't know what my show is so maybe I want my name to be really small don't put your name on it don't put your name on it yeah so this is a show about relationships yeah mostly um, <laughs> I don't know every time I transition that way in this podcast it always sounds stupid so let's cut this shit <laughs> <laughs> well that was a nice intro chat but come on we really need to get down to brass tacks now yeah um, so uh, you 
you're in a relationship. You talked about, I loved your bit about your girlfriend in the show. Oh, the thank Beatles you. Cheers. Thank I won't you. reveal it, but you should see Ed's show. Ed's yeah, show you should. It's very funny. You should see it. Yeah. Are you, so you, you stop the show immediately after this? Say again? Do you bury the show after the end of the fringe? No, I'm doing a up? tour. Oh, good. So oh, okay, I'm great. doing like a 15 date UK tour. Um, so, I mean, I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So rather than it being the hour show, it's going to be 90 minutes, two half thing, going around to theatres and stuff doing that. Gotcha. So it'll be some stuff from last year's show and this year's show all oh, sort cool. of piled together. So we're 15 cities. My perception of the UK is that it's so small. I'm like, I don't understand. How oh, yeah, that, that's a pretty that's a pretty easy tour in the UK, to be honest, because I'm just yeah. hitting the main the main cities. Gotcha. But people do like 100 date tours in the UK. 100 date tours? Yeah. <laughs> what? So they're going to places that the people, who, the people who live in them have Billings never heard Pam. of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All around the Shire. Every, <laughs> every theatre in right. the Shire. Yeah. Wow. But no, only fi- only 15 dates. Yeah. Will you go over to Ireland at all? No, I don't. I've only done one gig in Ireland. I've done one gig in Ireland and I've done one gig in Northern Ireland. And that was supporting another comedian. Gotcha. I've just never, I've never done it. Too good for it. That's it, yeah. I hate those people. No, I just... I've never really been booked for them, so... uh, Gotcha. I've done more gigs... I've done more gigs in America than I have done in Ireland. How do you find American audiences versus UK audiences? Um... More enamored with your accent. They they vary so wildly. I thought... I think there's a perception here that all American audiences are way more up for it and oh, excitable. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think that's... But it's not true. No, it's not true. Especially yeah. in LA where I've done most of the gigs that I've done. They're not... It's it, it, it's, they're all performers and comedians. Too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. So I've done a lot of like... Some of them will have notebooks. A yeah. lot of them. Just like sitting in the front row like, mm, okay, cool. A lot of them seem to be uh, just gigs in front of eight people in like the back of a pizza restaurant or yeah and you get told that when you go to LA it's like such a great scene like the gigs will just pop up anywhere and you're like well that's not necessarily a good thing because <laughs> <laughs> this is the back of a pizza restaurant and it stinks of cheese <laughs> first of all I'm very jealous you got that pizza restaurant gig it's yeah. very hard to get <laughs> uh, but yeah it is it's a much different thing I find in LA you're mostly performing for other comedians like at the better theaters yeah like other people who want to do comedy so it really affects the way that you write because you're writing in such a meta yeah, way. So, yeah, I see what you mean. So if you try and then take that anywhere except LA, then yeah, people, yeah, yeah. You know, what, what are they, what is what that? they talking yeah, about? Yeah, what is this? That's an anti-comedy. Going, yeah. Yeah. I, what I also found in LA is that not only are you performing for other comedians, also mostly the Uber drivers are <laughs> comedians or writers. Getting oh, stuck yeah. in a conversation with them. They're like... I've got, I follow so many Uber drivers on Instagram. <laughs> really? Yeah. They just start telling me about what they do. Oh, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> They're all very talented. All right. I, uh, I had an Uber driver tell me once while I was driving, well, he was driving me in LA that he was narcoleptic, like severely narcoleptic. And he said that the night before he had just been walking up the stairs and he fell asleep and fell down the flight of stairs. <laughs> like told me this as I was so he's in not, his car and he's, he's like, I can't control car. it. And I'm just like, <laughs> he's narcoleptic <laughs> and he's concussed. That is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was, just, that's, that's a star off straight away, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> I cannot not give five stars no matter how bad it is. Oh really? Yeah. 
I, do you I, actually rate them? I like rage rate where I'll just <laughs> rage rate. Yeah, if they take like the wrong turning twice, I'll be like, right, well, we'll soon, <laughs> we'll soon see what's going to happen with this. I had to chase my Uber driver down two blocks yesterday, and I still gave him five stars. <laughs> you had to chase him down. Yeah, he was stopped right in front of me, and I was about to grab the door handle, yeah. and he claimed he just like couldn't see me. He just started driving away. <laughs> I was I was calling an Uber driver because I was late for my show. Yeah, and so then I was just chasing him down and like just risked my life Sounds ran like- into the middle of the street and he's like you can't get into the car and I was like I had no choice brah I said brah like, like, I'm from Southern California and that's like yeah. my, I said brah and dude and the same anger said I had no choice brah dude you were right in front of the thing and just, I can't that's amazing but still five star service you're right <laughs> I still I still give him five stars but what I withheld was the thing where you can choose the extra things that they did well I've not seen that. Yeah, it says like service, cleanliness. I was like, I'm not all even right, going to yeah. choose Don't any touch of this. It. Don't touch Five it. stars is all you get, Muhammad. You know, there's and a that's s- not a bit. His name was Muhammad. You know, there's a secret, a secret sixth star option. <laughs> you heard what? about this? No. So my, this happened to my friend. They had such an amazing Uber driver who helped help them in with their bags to the airport and just did like nice. crazy level of service. They gave him five stars and then put in the comments, um, he was incredible. He did all of this. If there was a sixth star, I would have given it to him. And they Uber emailed him and said, we do actually have another <laughs> option where if you want to suggest that, we will give them six stars and that means they win a prize. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? That is incredible. What a weird thing to withhold. Yeah. But it's because there's people like you giving five stars for nothing. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm ruining it. Yeah. Ruining you're spoiling it for those guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm such a hypocrite because I use I use Yelp so much yeah. for everything, but I refuse to write a review for anything. Yeah. that's I, I use like Waze where it's like yeah. user generated. Yeah. I'm I not going to be, I'm not going to generate anything. <laughs> I think I hate the plight of a critic so much. Yeah. To the extent that I like user critiques I'm like nope yeah nope everyone's experience is their own it's all subjective you just take 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 yeah 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 but I rely on those things it's bad there's a there are Yelp reviews for natural occurring things like hills and caves see we don't even really use Yelp here but that's incredible that Americans have taken it upon themselves to review it's pretty amazing caves there's a cave (laughs) there's a cave in the in in New Mexico called Carlsbad Caverns which is amazing it's like it's like one of the biggest networks of of caverns in the world and it's inarguably it's so beautiful it's a natural occurring cave but there's a Yelp review there's a Yelp page for it with tons of reviews and some of them are like two stars smelled like bat shit like <laughs> can you fix the bats in this cave like it's amazing like oh. I mean are the caves reading that are they going to do anything about it yeah. <laughs> we really should exterminate some of these some of these bats living you're right in the cage we, re- we really should modernize of years. yeah there's also there's this hiking uh, trail up to this observatory in Los Angeles that I used to go on yeah, every Gr- day Griffith Park yeah? Yeah yeah, yeah 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 so I used to live right at the foot of the like the observatory and me and my friend would like hike up every day and just just I was about to say for the crack because I've been living in Ireland I looked up the hill and there were a bunch of reviews that were like would be good too steep like so they didn't they didn't go up there no they 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 did but they were like would be nice but it was too steep but like 
but it's a it's it's an incline up to a hill, yeah. and like me and my friend would go up it for the exercise. Like yeah, the yeah, steepness yeah. is, and it's good. a great view when you get up there. Yeah, like, and then you're at an observatory, but it's yeah. it's a hill. Like it's not. There's no. There are no. There's not like a manager that gets employees together and it's like, yeah. okay, how steep are we going to make? What's the gradient? What gradient yeah, are we going to use today? Absurd. That's a great, I love that observatory. That was. It's so beautiful. I yeah. was in LA for a bit, just completely alone, and that was a great like go up there. Oh, just to think the about le- your life. The Leonard Nimoy thing in there, yeah. and the like the planetarium, the dome roof thing. That it's was amazing. great. And the Tesla coil. Yeah, all thing. of that. That's where they shot Rebel Without a Cause, or like those key scenes. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. There's a really unflattering statue of James Dean up there. I didn't see that bit. Yeah. Probably would have bummed it's me out. It's not good. It's this bus that kind of like overlooks where the Hollywood sign is. But yeah, I, I used to live like right at the foot of that. It's my old neighborhood. That's really, it's a good Los neighborhood. Ah, garbage. Is it? No, it's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. It's really nice. It's really good. I, st- I stayed there last time I was there actually. Sort of, uh, yeah, Los Feliz, Silver Lake. I've stayed like just off uh, Sunset Junction as well before. Oh, nice. Go to Intelligentsia every morning. You a secret headquarters? No, that sounds that sounds too trendy for me. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the um, comic book and graphic novel shop. Oh yeah, no, I did go there. It's because yeah. it's next to uh, Spice uh, of Life, the spice store. <laughs> I went in there as well, and the cheese shop, and yeah. uh, va- uh, Vacation Vinyl, which is my favorite yeah, record yeah. shop in it's the world, <laughs> because the guy who runs it, I mean, I know this is not about relationships in any way now, <laughs> uh, the guy who runs it, I think, used to run one of my favorite ever record labels, so I go in there, I start looking at oh, stuff, yeah. and he goes, we've got loads more of this stuff in the back, and then that is dangerous, because then I have to bring an extra bag back, because yeah, I've got yeah. all of this all of this old Hydrahead record stuff. Nice place. That's but so yeah, friend. I've got a girlfriend. If that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you and your girlfriend have been together for like a hundred years. Six years. Yeah, six yeah. years. I was going to say it feels it feels like a hundred years, but that would sound well. Insulting. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does she feel about you joking about her in the show? What What I normally do is I normally try the material out and then I and then I ask. <laughs> Right, forgiveness feel, more than permission. Though. Yeah, I feel like if I can present her with material about her that works, mm-hmm. she's more likely to let me do it. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, because yeah. if I go to her and say, I'm thinking about doing this, and she looks a little bit like nonplussed about it, yeah. then I'll feel too bad to do it. So I almost need to ignore her, do it, and if it works, then I just I can I can pitch it. I can pitch it to her a bit better. Yeah, yeah. that's smart. I feel like I have the same approach. But like, yours is a lot more confessional it feels yeah. like a lot more personal whereas mine mine's just a silly no you're right story. I should feel worse <laughs> <laughs> not what I'm saying I think it's a harder sell so have you you've yeah. asked everyone involved in the show or have you <laughs> I haven't no but you don't name <laughs> them I? I name my I girlfriend do, in, right in right my right yeah no I mean I do literally name my ex-husband but I don't feel like I'm saying anything bad yeah but that's that, some of that's a matter of public record anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if, if you go, my ex-husband, it's not like people are going, who's, who's that? Like they, right, yeah. They might know, but like some of the some of the ex-boyfriends, I would have thought that, like yeah. there was a, when I saw the show, there was a oh, guy yeah. in the audience, oh, God, which really, uh, for me, really added to the texture <laughs> of the show. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so... You've been with your girlfriend for six years. Yeah, here we go. Back on. <laughs> uh, where, where did you guys meet? Uh, we met, she was working in TV. She works in television and we sort of met through a mutual friend. And actually my 
double act partner at the time, Ray oh. Peacock, t- uh, was like, he's slightly older than me. This is obviously a while ago. He was quite good at saying, you should just go, just go on a date with her. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, you know, so it was low confidence at the time. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, no, you should. And she was the same. She was like, he went, you should go on a date with him. And really, really did his best to make sure it happened, which I'm su- <laughs> at the time very embarrassed, but super grateful for now. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. So it was forced. The first date was forced, but <laughs> it worked out well. Right. Do you guys live together? Yeah. How long have you lived together? Two years, I think. Yeah. How's that going? Two years. It's good. I. It's. Br- I mean, it's brilliant. I love it. But I mean, I did do last year's show opened with a six-minute routine about how infuriating I find her to live with. <laughs> because I think we only realised when we moved in together that we're complete opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to tidiness sure and I'm quite a tidy person and I didn't realise that until she moved in and she's just chaos <laughs> like absolute chaos like yeah. I've got piles of clothes is it there piles of clothes like well, I used I'm to, that way I used to li- are you well no I'll be honest I guess I am that way I, yeah. I try to hide <laughs> <laughs> like you're just going on, well no no I'm fine yeah I don't yeah. Live, the, that moment was like I don't live with my boyfriend we've only been together for like a year or so so yeah. I was like I, no I'm so tidy <laughs> <laughs> you, you're no. still hiding that you're still hiding that from yeah him. I think it's a creative dressing thing okay <laughs> in what sense well just that like I when I get dressed or well, maybe not getting dressed. I also like I do art, and so I yeah. have like the those art things out. Okay, see, this getting... is interesting because she was an art student, right? So okay. she does a lot of that. Yeah, so and I, yeah. She like dresses really fun. Like she's got a really yeah. good like fun sense of style. So maybe maybe it's that. I, I think may, I don't, I mean, maybe I, on this tour on this US tour I went on my boyfriend just because of what was happening met every living member of my family yeah. unfortunately <laughs> like, who li- they are so spread out ac- across the country no other boyfriend has met my entire family yeah. but he had to because I was seeing them and both my dad and my brother and my grandparents were describing the way that I get ready and do things and they were like it's like you don't see you don't see the mess you're just seeing like what you're making and and then you just walk away from it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's... Yeah, I think that must be it. But when, I come back and then I'm like, oh, no, this is terrible. I don't want all this mess. <laughs> Once you come back to it with fresh eyes, you can yes, see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Do you then tidy that up? Yeah. That sounds like a lie. The way <laughs> I think it's, it's 80% a lie. Right. <laughs> I think once you hit 80%, that's a full lie. I There's a reason why we're recording this in this pub and not staying. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah my yeah. boyfriend's coming tomorrow, and so I have a lot of shit to like put together. But okay. right now, my floor is just all flyers and like cut-up stars. And I started making a zine. And it's just like, it's, it's an okay, absolute yeah. disaster. Enough. Also, I started baking a cake. So there's like a cake you and a thing. You started baking a cake. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have time to like for it to finish baking, so I had to take it out. Of the <laughs> <oven>. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but I'm very tidy. <laughs> you just got a mid-baked no, okay. cake. But I have to, I have to fix it all before he sees it because yeah, finish baking that cake <laughs> for a start. That's the first. Well, thing now it's do. a molten chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah, that's what that means. Right? That's how they unfinished. were invented. Yeah, unfinished, un- unfinished chocolate cake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for girlfriends, uh, yeah, I met her briefly as she was walking. Yes, out. Yeah, 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 very, yeah, super creative. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's, I think that might be part of it. I think that. You might know, be part Einstein of it. wore the same thing every day, and I'm sure it was very clean. Einstein gets dragged into a lot of these arguments. 
It's always Einstein for good and Hitler for bad. Those are the ones yeah, where you're yeah, like, yeah. well, of course, yeah. Hitler yeah. was worse than me. Have you seen there's a show at the Fringe called In the Defense of Hitler? Oh. And their poster is a question mark with a swastika instead of a dot at the bottom of the... Well, I'd imagine that's that's really pulling them in. I'd imagine <laughs> <laughs> that's sold out every day. I wonder it? if they're disappointed by their audience that's coming. Because <laughs> I, I read their description and like they're obviously not Nazi sympathizers. It's yeah. a show about two guys just musing about Hitler. But like, can you imagine, like we've all had the experience of like making a joke and then getting a laugh and being like, that's not the right laugh. Yeah. And I'm sure their entire run Yeah, <laughs> just been people turning up going, yeah, yeah, finally. Go on. You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for this show. Just like, <laughs> There was a guy who used to come to the Fringe every year called Pip Utton, who was an actor who used to do a monologue Pip as... Pip Utton? Pip Utton, yeah. He used to do a These monologue names. as... <laughs> that, he gen, that genuinely sounds like a Hobbit name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Pip Utton. Yeah, he, he used to do a monologue as, as so, Hitler. Yeah. But, he would do a monologue, a theatrical monologue dressed as Hitler. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was, yeah, odd. <laughs> odd. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been living with my girlfriend for six years. <laughs> uh, how often, so you guys live together. How often do you see each other and hang out? Do you have, like, dedicated... Because she works during the day most of the time. Right. But, like, long days because she works in TV. And, uh, what does she do in TV? Uh, at the moment, she's working on a dating show for oh. ITV. Is it for states? Uh, no, it's for. Uh, it's well, for, then I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's a good. It's a good premise, though. I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about it, so I won't. Oh, okay, but, um, sorry. Uh, but she's worked on ent- big entertainment shows. She's worked on a show called uh, Anton Deck Saturday Night Takeaway, and they're like the Anton Deck are the big entertainment personalities in the UK. I see, okay. She's done a lot of that sort of stuff. She's worked on. Co- she likes working on comedy stuff as well. Um, but naturally, it's long days, sure, and then sure. sometimes it's nights in the studio, and so we'll. We'll cross paths at the end of the day, but often I'm on my way out to a gig. Yeah, yeah. But I try and gig in London more now, so I definitely get back to see her for at least a couple of hours sure. a night. But does that, yeah. Does that motivate moving in at all? Just like that your schedules are different, so it's nice to sleep next to each other. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just because otherwise we, when we were living apart, it was re- it was really difficult because there's there's no way you can yeah. see each other at all. And I used to live with another comic. Oh. Um, but his room's been cleared out now and turned into a a study. Oh. Or a clothes hole. <laughs> <laughs> there has oh. been no studying done, done in there by anyone. I've Do not you? been in there for months. Um, how does it go when you confront your girlfriend about the... Really badly. It happens, yeah. about, happens about once every three months. Gotcha. And it's always the... It's always the worst possible situation because I'll let all the resentment build up and that'll all come out in the worst sure. possible way and then and she'll react badly to it to this. yeah exactly yeah yeah so I'll be just sort of silently nodding for three months and yeah. then that'll just all explode out of me and she'll obviously react to that in the way anyone would we go sure. well that seems unreasonable that you're that angry about it and then there'll be an argument that'll finish and then we'll just both just bottle it up again for another three months <laughs> Hooray! So we're stuck in that cycle, which no, yeah, it's fine. Part of the <laughs> part of the wax and wane of the relationship. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do that bothers her? Oh, many things. I'd imagine. I, uh, I mean, my levels of self awareness aren't probably good enough to give you give you too many facts about how annoying I am as a person. But I'd imagine that you feel the, like you're not self aware. 
I don't think I'm as self-aware, like for an for an American. I think most <laughs> Americans are very self-aware. Right. Okay. People from California are astonishingly self-aware. Yeah. Talk so, about our feelings. Therapy, isn't it? Yeah. Therapy's part of the culture, so. Yeah. Though I just. I mean, this is rare for a Californian, but I only started therapy like a little over a year ago. Really? Yeah. You're practically British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I just have a therapist kind of on call, so I'm not in regular therapy. Yeah. Insanity. Oh, there you go. You're letting down the stereotype. Yeah. I do find that I want to t when I want to talk to my Irish boyfriend about things, and granted, like Irish people are much different from English people yeah. in the way that they talk about their feelings, but not so different, and then they're not like Americans where we like want to talk about everything. Yeah, yeah. And especially Californians, like where we need to talk about yeah everything. So I often preface things with, "Look, I'm sorry to be so Californian. I have to be Californian about this. <laughs> I have to tell you that I need to make sure that we're discussing." this thing so what what's the Irish way of dealing with stuff like that then oh <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> the Irish way of talking about things is like is not talking about things till you're drunk with a lot of friends and then you start telling stories about like the other person's like okay oh, yeah 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 and then I, sing a traditional song <laughs> sure yeah. <laughs> yeah my boyfriend's way of dealing with things is not dealing with things I think and not talking about things that bother him like we've only had one spat really right here is spat the right word yeah it wasn't even a row it was like just a discussion yeah but it only happened because I was like what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong yeah and eventually it's like okay this is the thing and it was about my organization actually right okay <laughs> so yeah kind of similar um, but it was about my time management was literally like <laughs> the, the thing because we were on this tour together yeah and uh, yeah and I made him talk about his <laughs> feelings and I was like no but go on like there's more to this like me doing that you feel disrespected and he's like well I suppose <laughs> <laughs> great okay well I am sorry and I'll commit to doing better Does that, I hope that makes you feel better so you solved it you found out what the problem was and solved it yeah. yeah like he was not going to talk about it I could tell something was wrong I battered him into telling yeah. me that something was wrong and then eventually and I'm doing such a bad version of his accent he doesn't I'm making him sound like an old man sounds like in a, a father puddle. Ted character yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh I suppose no. oh I suppose <laughs> <laughs> no right doesn't sound like that at all but yeah I battered him into telling me what was wrong and then told him why he was mad at me and then told him how I would solve it <laughs> see I think the English way well certainly the way I am is I'll I'm happy to say what the problem is and I'll bring it up but I will just do nothing about it right if I'm having any like oh I feel this way my girlfriend will go well maybe you should do this this and this to try and solve it I go oh, no <gasps> that's no, such no. an interesting gender reversal yeah me like yeah. no I'm not I'm not gonna do it I prefer I feel like the thing that solves every problem is telling her about it and then <laughs> and then I just get on with my life that's yeah yeah that is that is the way I am in most relationships that's is it? classic that's yeah. classic uh, like female gender thing that's well, why you, you know gender should not be this binary well there you go thing. it's fluid guys yeah it's a circle <laughs> I loved your pussy bit in your show thank well, you very much yeah. cheers thank you even though it's, fa good. it's factually incorrect <laughs> uh, which <laughs> I mean that testicles are more resilient no 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 it's uh, so the, the premise of the bit is that um is that we shouldn't use the word pussy to describe cowardice because um, right. vaginas are not cowardly. Uh, but the derivation of the word 
pussy is a Shakespearean word that literally means coward and has absolutely nothing to do with genitalia. Oh, I see. Well, so it's on, English it's is on a Rocky. living language. Well, they, no well, one knows that. So I've only been told this twice. Once was in Cambridge by an English I'm student. I'm sure by the best people ever. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, where are they hanging out? I want to have a drink with them. They sound lovely. Well, genuinely, at least the guy told me after the show the first time. He went, actually, it's, it comes oh, no. from... Someone to- okay. uh, right. In Edinburgh, someone in the front row went, I said... Uh, and there's nothing cowardly about the vagina and a guy in the front row went that's bollocks mate that's bollocks I went no vagina so great great comeback straight away <laughs> and then he explained to me that I went I know but we're just about to start like my final bit and it's an absolute barnstormer mate and you've really <laughs> you've really ruined the momentum here but luckily it was a good crowd so I just really shouted yeah. at that man for a bit and they got behind me that's idiotic that's <laughs> like if, if someone calls someone a dork being like oh am I a whale's penis am I a whale's penis because that's where that comes from it's like yeah. no one no one is seeing it you never win an all. argument when you're being like when you're going well, actually, I know the derivation of that word. So yeah. everyone thinks, well, you're a loser, mate. You, one of your bits today um, illuminated something about gender that I've thought about before, but hadn't really like cemented in my brain. No one, is, no one has ever said any, anything like this about any of my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. This is exciting. Well, the way you walked on the stage was absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I know. Okay, anyway. No, when you were talking about the moisturizer, you have this yeah. bit about um, very funny, about like moisturizer being non-gendered except when it's for men and yeah. then it has to be for men. Yeah. And I've thought about this before, but like it's a really good way to illuminate the the I'm gonna say fact by my own perception that no one wants to be female. Like when yeah. you talk about like like women don't have like four girls. Yeah. Because like four girls is weaker, less That suggests a weakness, doesn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think back to my uh, one of the biggest Christmas tragedies of my life, yeah. <laughs> which was after Home Alone two, I and we're the same age. I really wanted a talk boy. If you remember in home, and you reference Home Alone yeah. in your show, yeah, I do. Yeah, but do you remember the talk boy? Oh uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So they were selling those as toys, and I was like, I want a talk boy. Like I will. That is amazing. That is yeah. all I want. Uh, and my parents got me a talk girl which was bright pink, which is very bad for spying. <laughs> and it didn't have all the functions that a Talkboy had. What functions did it Well, the Talkboy, you could record, playback, yeah. do all these things. And the and the talk girl, there were only like two functions and then a bunch of fake buttons that you just like couldn't press down. That's unbelievable. Isn't that terrible? And it was bright pink. You totally so they'd, sim- they'd simplified it. Yeah, and that well, they, because the girl won't want that. But it was literally the weaker version of the thing. Also, that's more expensive for them as a company to make a completely other version. It's yeah, why be not just because they're like, oh, well, costs. girls, girls will want a talk girl. But any any girl who wants the talk boy from the movie will just take the yeah talk boy. And I also didn't see it as like, oh, it's a talk boy, as in just for penis havers. Yeah. Like, no one else can press the buttons on this. Was it, yeah, because uh, Game Boys, people just used a Game Boy. There wasn't a yeah. Game Girl, was there? I don't know if there's a Game Girl. Well, I none, think of the, maybe none, of the bu- was- none of the buttons worked, <laughs> and it was just a flower and it, in yeah, the screen. Yeah, it just yeah. smelled really good. Yeah. It was a mirror. You just, like, flip it open and just, like, yeah. <laughs> put on makeup. Yeah. Yeah, but like the if you made a girl a version of things, people would be like, "Oh, this is a lesser yeah. version of this thing." Yeah, it's it's really odd, and I think people complain. People get stuck in the mud about that sort of thing. 
like we're trying to make toys and things like that like yeah. non-gendered I think is an important thing to do then people go oh, that's ridiculous it's so sort of modern and PC it's like no I know it yeah. I know it hurts to make a change sometimes <laughs> but it's really important it's really necessary well, yeah exactly but the unfortunate thing is that there's a lot of obviously like with this this newest feminist movement there's there's a lot of like obnoxious there there are several yeah. obnoxious voices in the mix yeah but the fact is it is like a necessary thing yeah, yeah. totally and kids will find non-gender toys like I when I was growing up, I really loved the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And I would, like, around Christmas, my brother would get all the Ninja Turtles. And yeah. I would be so spiteful because I would get Barbie. And I hated Barbies. And I hated um, uh, jewelry and stuff. I would get jewelry. And I'd be well, like, I just want, like, the Ninja Turtles are objectively better. Are bad? They're objectively better than that. Oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles are awesome. Well, they have all these, like, moving parts, and you play with them. And, and why, yeah. are they, why are they for boys? Because people go, well, they're all boys. It's, they're, no, turtles. they're turtles. They're turtles yeah. more than they're men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any What's sense. What's your favorite turtle? Mm, it's a very complicated question. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. I, when I, I mean, I'm ashamed to admit that when I was growing up, it was Michelangelo. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's not that doesn't paint you in a good light. No, <laughs> just be yeah, because I like I think because I liked pizza, <laughs> like, <laughs> but he like he liked the disgusting pizza. Yeah, I liked I. Well, okay, the two the, the one that I identified the most with was probably Raphael, and I like who is the one that's like I always mix this up, not Leonardo. The Donatello. moody one. Donatello. Donatello was my favorite. Thinking man's choice. Yes. Purple turtle worked on all of the machines. <laughs> he did the machines. Yes. He, growing up, he was the one I identified with the most. But yeah. the one that I, that I was like, I wished I was, was Michelangelo. Okay, probably. yeah. But uh, I was just no. given fucking like April dolls. And I was like, this... You I mean, she was a good journalist. Be, sure, but like to be a journalist alone in a world with no turtles. Like <laughs> but that was the same with like all the girl things. So you would have appreciated it more if you got the turtles and the journalist. Yeah, if I could then cover the action. Yeah, at least she had <laughs> a role in that situation. But yeah, yeah. Me and my me and my brother had a thing when we were growing up called the Academy, which is where we took all of our stuffed animals and we named them and registered them, and we did like a, back to Nazis. Uh, we, we did this. Thing around Christmas time where we did elections for yeah. who got to. This is <laughs> I don't amazing. know if I've ever said this out loud. <laughs> we did these elections for who got to um, play different roles around the Christmas season. Right. So we would elect the per we would have a vote, and each of the animals would vote. So we would vote on behalf of each animal for like yeah. which animal got to come with us to to creep in and see if Santa had put down presents. Like this around eleven PM. And then who got to come with us and open presents? And then who got to be there while we were playing with the presents? And then who was there during like we did advent calendars, like there was so it was a different one for every like yeah. day. That sort of thing. But I I made this decision when I was four and we did this until I was thirteen. <laughs> so but my brother was younger, so it's just you know. Thirteen's that crossover age, though, isn't it? Where <laughs> you still did it, but then just went. Eh, it's the last one. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. The this last is, one. Yeah. This is it. Uh, this feels weird. Um, but all of our all of our stuffed animals were gendered, and they were all gendered male. Oh really? Yeah, because I was like, Ugh, I don't want any yeah. girls. You almost went in the opposite direction to prove a point. 
Yeah. Yeah. Also, it was because it was me and my brother. Because we would also like you know act out the different. Yeah characters yeah i never wanted there to be any chance of any kind of like <laughs> romance so it's you're like, aware of that age club. you were like there's gonna if there's a boy and a girl there's an expectation <laughs> there's gonna be a free song and i can't <laughs> risk that when my brother's controlling the mouse oh hey guys it's it's aaron um i am interrupting this this conversation really quick just to let you know that at this point in the conversation with ed campbell my uh recorder died and i had to replace the batteries so this is just kind of a weird place <laughs> and uh what, what's happening now is once i put the batteries in we started talking about ed's show almost royal and um the the conversation is going to end kind of abruptly because i can see like the batteries bleeping so that's what we're talking about when the conversation ends okay that's it back in it oh i want to okay before we talk about your girlfriend which your girlfriend will be the cauliflower recipe okay, of, yeah. <laughs> of the podcast. But uh, you were on the show um, Almost Royal, yes. which I love oh, so thank much, you very much a couple of years ago. And most recently rewatched it on the plane coming over here. Yeah, I was I'm really happy to say that it's on planes now. <laughs> finally, finally done it. Yeah. Hit, hit the pinnacle. <laughs> so um, for someone who might not be familiar, would you give a quick description yeah. of the show and I'd imagine that would be most people <laughs> who would not be familiar um, it was a show on BBC America where uh, myself and uh, comedian and actor Amy Hoggart played uh, 50th and 51st in line to the throne and we would go round the states filming uh, a documentary uh, in parentheses not like an actual documentary but we would tell people we'd meet real Americans and tell them we were actual royal yeah. family members and uh, talk to them say we're filming a documentary and just acted like absolute morons <laughs> absolute idiots like beyond the pale and yeah. got their reactions and, and I was telling you before that it's so it's so brilliant because you make fun of the English and the Americans in the same yeah, I moments think what we were really concerned with is not making them look stupid or or mm. making fun of them deliberately because these were all just people who'd agreed to do something out of the kindness of yeah, their heart. Yeah. They're like, yeah, okay, cool, we'll be in a documentary. You don't but want to go and they go, you make yeah, fun of stupid like, <laughs> You make fun of kind of vile things. Like in the second season, there's there's like a, a baby pageant, which is such like a oh, disgusting that idea. It's, so it's fine to make fun of those. I mean, that's such a terrible Yeah, but thing. I don't feel we needed to do anything to make right, fun of that. Right, you just yeah. need to film just, that yeah, and see exactly, our characters yeah. within that situation. And that, yeah, that was, that was a long day yeah. and there was a lot of stuff that was cut out of that because it was just completely Too unacceptable much. like <laughs> we were backstage judging it I think this might have made the edit actually that uh, Amy's character Poppy um, kept mistaking it for the sexiest baby competition yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and kept referring to the sexy baby yeah, competition they and they were getting really <laughs> which is flustered so about that because <laughs> yeah. yeah and oh. we announced the winner as one baby and this proud mum this didn't make it in proud mum brought a ba her baby forward and I went oh no sorry not that one I've made a <laughs> I made a mistake it's a different it's a different one and it was so awkward but it's so funny because it's so arbitrary the whole yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so we, we met some pretty some pretty interesting people and some so and some horrendous people when you were filming people. that were you obviously they're not constantly filming you so when you were when people were like trying to talk to you, did you you had to stay in? Yeah, character. so we were in character. We yeah. were in character 
from when we'd go into one situation and then until we were some of them would last three three and a half hours so we'd constantly be in character there and the crew <laughs> had to be in character as well because they had to be yeah like the, the director would go in beforehand and say just to let you know they're a bit difficult to work with sometimes they're not they've been a bit sheltered and all of this right, this right. whole mythology was created around us before yeah. we got in there I like and it was hair great cutting school where you're just chopping the <laughs> the which one <laughs> the, like in the in the when you were when you were learning how to cut someone's hair this is the way you just oh yeah and you just like cut the entire wig and he's yeah. having to just placate you and that guy that guy hated us as well <laughs> like, he really didn't like us and it's great for us because we can just do whatever we want yeah and be rude be rude to the crew in character <laughs> and they love it as well the crew yeah. absolutely love doing it they just be I'd be trying to make them laugh so there's there's a thing where you see my character you're like what's an interesting character thing he's chosen an interesting decision there <laughs> that I'd say something and then look look off into the distance but what that was was me saying the most outrageous yeah. thing I could uh, imagine and then looking at the crew to see if they were laughing because <laughs> my ego is almost too big to be a good actor <laughs> which you would have thought is impossible but it's <laughs> uh, so funny um, when you were like, how do you feel about the royal family and how does the show feel about the royal family it's fine like I don't I, I don't have a massive problem with them I think they like they're ineffectual I mean there's a big thing of like oh you should love the royal family because they provide so much tourist tourist money and all of that and, like so much tourism but uh, I think they're you know they're fine yeah I've got no, I've got no feelings in either direction. I'm not anti-monarchy. I'm certainly not pro-monarchy. Probably find me closer to anti-monarchy, but we. I know we had to change the uh, the line of succession because originally it was fiftieth and fifty-first, but in the in the titles it's different every time. Oh, okay. Which people was like, why is it different every time? That's a really interesting decision. But it's because. So uh, a new kid was born just as the first series went to air. It was about to go to air, and that meant the fiftieth and fifty-first were a brother and sister. Uh, okay. And we never, we didn't want them to think <laughs> it was actually based on a character because, and they're not right. based on them. Yeah. And there's so many jokes, which I think they cut a lot of them, but there was the a whole th in so yeah. much, so it's many so incest funny. jokes, <laughs> so many incest. Well, jokes. it's good that it never goes too far. Like I, lo I oh, love yeah, but subtle incest jokes. Yeah. Well, that, you could, you have the editor to thank for that because. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is so far <laughs> we've got a chemistry you wouldn't expect from a brother and sister that was like the, the motto of the whole show I did one of my favourite things in the show is like the dynamic of like you just adoring your sister but like just or but more more so more than like on an incest level but you just seem to like want to like take care of her and like oh no yeah. she's but she's like she's stupid she doesn't know how to do things yeah. but like no but everyone needs to take care of her because yeah. she's the best <laughs> it's so great. Whereas I'm, she's like the manipulative one, and I'm definitely, yeah. definitely the stupidest one. But I'm like, no, we'll just leave her alone because that, yeah. This is such a specific question, but when you did the uh, the drag show, yeah, you had like the best one liner ever, which was at the at the end when you said, "There's only one true." queen oh yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah was that improvised it was it was, it was improvised so funny i was enjoying the uh the rush of being on stage because we'd been away for weeks and weeks at that point and i'd not yeah. done any 
any live performance and there are a couple okay. of moments in the show where I finally get to go on stage doing something and you can see how excited I am <laughs> and the drag show was and was I don't one need to tell you this but you're a beautiful drag queen I was surprised by quite how were well you? that all what, well that all came out you have a out. very pretty face I'm surprised you're yeah, were you took, really surprised it took hours it, it took, took hours, hours. <laughs> and they really <laughs> taped my oh they taped head her. back oh. yeah to the point I where I was googled, feeling quite sick I googled those tricks to see if I could do that <laughs> it's so sad but like I don't think I need to but it's but drag queens look so beautiful when they put on yeah, their because, shit up yeah yeah they re- there's a lot of tape involved and yeah I mean on the face as well as as well as other areas right did you fully tuck I didn't fully I didn't fully yeah tuck. you didn't need to but they were trying to make me because obviously oh, it's sure. there, the the drag queens who were doing me up were like we've got to do because we're thing, it's, re- yeah. it's representing us as well how yeah. good you look so we should do the whole thing and they want to put the fake hips in and things like that I was like oh, guys no, I'm so tired please <laughs> just stop it just got to go out there and look like an idiot that's all yeah. that's all I need to do yeah because oh, uh, we in the first season there was we did improv in New York um, and we oh yeah so we You're had to do an you... improv comedy yeah as improv comedy actors but with an improv comedy group and we were pretending to be yes. other characters <laughs> which is a complete mindfuck and, uh, and, but it's was amazing. a lot of fun because we were told don't be too funny don't you don't want to reveal that you actually know how to be funny yeah, yeah but yeah. then we got on stage and we were like right this is so exciting <laughs> in front of a really nice audience let's do stuff did you guys ever throughout like shooting ever like lean over to anyone and be like this is fake or no. do people know? Do they ask you about it ever? Two people guessed and said out loud that I think I think a few people clocked on that something was happening, right? But decided to just play along because you can sort of see a little twinkle in someone's yeah, eye yeah. and they go right, this is going to be fun. There's people who definitely suspected but didn't say anything because they didn't want to embarrass themselves if it was real. Right. But there's yeah. two people who felt confident enough that it was it was <laughs> fake. One of them was British. So sussed it, Lisa right, yeah. Vanderpump. Oh, okay. She's like a reality star yeah. and lives in LA. She she owns the restaurant Pump. I don't know if you know the restaurant Pump. <laughs> I don't. Gross. It's, it's, Does she know what pumping is? And oh yeah, it's like in where, where where is it? Is it on? No, it's on Santa Monica, but like right in right in like where all the like rear the super fun gay bars are like all the oh, okay. hamburger marys yeah, yeah. and like in west hollywood oh, okay, like yeah. right down there so it's pump in the middle of that she's she knows what she's doing that's great yeah the signature dish of that restaurant is called the pinky pump burger <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. so she knows what she's doing yeah, we yeah. interviewed her and uh <laughs> the thing that got her we said we didn't own a television and she went no no, no British people wouldn't own a television. I know aristocrats, they wouldn't. This is a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we all just stared at her and said nothing until she had to carry on. <laughs> How um, did you keep from laughing? Did you have any like, tricks well, like stabbing your thighs? or? I, I kept from laughing just because I'm a professional. Um, oh, I see. Good. And uh, Amy, didn't, Amy didn't stop herself laughing. Quite often she would laugh <laughs> and then disguise it as laughing at my character. Be like, oh, right, Georgie, yeah, yeah which, would, yeah, yeah. which would work okay. That's good. The other person who clocked it was a uh, guru in the Hollywood Hills, uh, and I think that was a case of um, you know you can't you can't shit a shitter really. And what? You can't shit a shitter. Right. Like, he's yeah, a yeah, liar yeah. professionally. Yeah, yeah. And also, we took it too far too early. So <laughs> he had this process of going, "We're going to get the poison out of you. We're going to get the poison out of you." Yeah. 
so I decided to drink loads of Pepsi Max before and when he said we're going to get the poison out of you I did a really big burp and he, he went no this is a joke and then we left we had to leave thank you so much for being on the podcast oh thanks for having me it's been a lot of fun excellent <laughs> we're just worried it's going to cut out at any moment so that's why it's such a strained goodbye Um, that was my conversation with Mr. Ed Gamble. He is uh, he is doing his show Stampede, which I saw this summer in Edinburgh and absolutely loved. If you were in the UK, he's doing it again on February 17th. Get tickets now. It is at the Leicester Square Theater. He didn't even ask me to plug this show. I just know what's happening. And uh, because I care about you as my listener, I hope that if you are in London, you will grab tickets for the show. It's wonderful and he's great. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He is at Ed Gamble Comedy. Also, you can find Almost Royal where BBC America things are playing and there are a bunch of clips online. I highly recommend that. He's wonderful. Tweet at him. Tell him how great he was at this on this podcast um, because I would like to be his friend. Okay. And now a personal update. Um, I was about to say a personal improvised update. Uh, but <laughs> everything that I do on this podcast is improvised. So I don't know why I would qualify. This is like an improvised update. I guess what I'm thinking is that I don't, I don't really know what I should tell you, but I know that things have been changing in my life. Um, if you care, that is why I'm putting this at the end of the podcast because I'm really self-conscious about, um, talking too much about myself, but I also know that this podcast is essentially a, a, a documentation of my, um, of my life in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, shit's been going down. You guys heard me get married. You guys heard me get divorced. I mean, you didn't hear me get divorced. I talked to you about it. Um, there was unfortunately no divorce ceremony. <laughs> but what if there was, what if there was a divorce ceremony? What would that look like? 1990s stand-up club comic? Well, <laughs> um, you'd probably, I know you'd probably present a box with your things. Maybe is that a little too literal? Maybe you would, um, you would, you would stand in front of your friends and family and you would kind of face them and you would explain to them and to, your um, future ex-partner that the reasons why you didn't think that you should be together and then you would ask the other person to accept your your plea to leave um, yeah that would be interesting I mean I, not I mean I was lucky my my, my divorce was mostly uh, mutual I'm sure there are, I mean obviously there are a lot of divorces that aren't so that would get that would get very complicated um, also, fun, weird fact, uh, that I've been dealing with recently just cause it it's, it's come up. Um, I, I didn't file for divorce even though I initiated the divorce. So that's kind of weird. I was like, I, I, I had like a couple minutes where I was like kind of bothered by that. Um, but it's just because it's just because everything was mutual and my ex-husband's mediator initiated the divorce. Anyway, um, if you, it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. I don't actually care. Uh, obviously I care a little, but it's fine. Uh, anyway, I just got back from Los Angeles. I was there speaking of ex-husbands. I was there shooting Harmon quest and that actually ended up being 
a lot more fun than expected. Not that I didn't think it was going to be fun, but I was, I was nervous about it. Uh, things were, things were great with, uh, my ex-husband and I, um, they actually felt kind of weird because they weren't that weird. Um, you, you know, we went through this huge thing together and then to a year later work on a show together and have it be essentially fine. And as if nothing had happened kind of is, uh, is a little surreal and there's a sadness to that. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pleasant and I was really happy to work on the show and and really thankful that they brought me back. So thank you, CISO. Uh, also CISO flew me business class, um, to and from Ireland, which was really cool. <laughs> I, um, I've, I've been lucky enough to, f- to fly, uh, first class and business class before, but I gotta say Aer Lingus business class is, is, uh, as they would say in Ireland, deadly. It is great. I really like it a lot. And I love Irish people and they run that airline. So it works out well. Um, but yeah, I was back in Los Angeles and not only what was I doing Harmon quest, I was also making it the time for me to, um, get all my stuff out of storage. Cause when, when Dan and I broke up and I was initially seeing if I could live over here, you know, you can't just get up and move to another country. Unfortunately, they won't let you do that. Um, so I, I've been doing this all in steps and pieces. So I took everything out of storage. I misremembered how much I had in storage. Somehow I thought that I had like just a few boxes. (laughs) I, I had so much more stuff than I thought I did, which really speaks to, um, the, uh, importance or lack thereof, of things. I I took all of my stuff out of storage and I had so much stuff and I ended up in a week selling most of it. And, um, yeah, I sold most of it. I I donated a, a lot of the money that I made to the ACLU. I, I feel like I'm abandoning, I know this, this is not logical and is so narcissistic, but I feel like I'm abandoning my, my country while it's on fire. So, um, yeah, trying to do, trying to do what I can. So yeah, I got rid of all my stuff. I feel really good. And I just arrived back in Ireland today and it really feels like now I'm here. I have moved here. I live in Ireland. So heads up guys. I live in Ireland, which is really exciting. It's 4am and I'm hoping I'm not waking up my housemates. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, if you guys know that, and here's another thing. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep on doing this podcast, obviously, and I am going to be interviewing Irish people and also people who come through, Ireland, um, touring comedians and stuff. So I'm always, always up for suggestions. Uh, you can tweet at me at Aaron McGathy or at this feels terrible, or you can email me at, uh, this feels terrible at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to start doing a live show here in Ireland pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. I also have some mini episodes coming your way. Anyway, uh, I love you guys. Uh, Megath Attack. Feral Audio. Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. 
You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.